One Percenters, how are we doing? Thank you for joining us on the One Percent Podcast this week. Hope your week is off to a great start and you are in for a treat, a nutritional treat today from one of the top nutrition minds in the world, Dr. Anthony Gustin, founder and CEO of Perfect Keto and Equip Foods, the host of the Natural State Podcast and author of the best-selling book, Keto Answers. Now, Anthony, growing up, he was sick often, overweight, ridden with acne. He was had joint pains, just generally unhealthy. But he decided it was time to make a pivot in his life and figure out, figure out what was causing this and take it to another level. And this has led him to becoming one of the top nutritionists in the world. And we go in depth on the things you should be taking out of your diet. What are the hidden things that this world is not telling us that's actually killing us? We don't have to be sick. We can take care of our healthcare and be preventative of it before it even happens. And Anthony will take us through that. The ideal diet, what he's doing, how he's staying in great shape, the advice he gives to have some of the top minds and top athletes in the world through his nutrition expertise so one percenters grab a plate of something super healthy get ready buckle up because here we go (sighs) you know that sound when you want a great night's sleep yeah that's what you get from chili technology chili pad and the Uller, literally the biggest game changer that i've ever used in my own life for sleep i would not be promoting these guys if i didn't believe in them great people in the organization and just the product oh my goodness the deep sleep the rem the i just wake up recharged rejuvenated every single day because i sleep on the Uller, which cools my body temperature to exactly where i want to be at and the ideal temperature is between 62 and 68 degrees I like it really cold, like 58 degrees. And that cold, sleeping in the cold, as we all know, gives you a better rejuvenation, regenerative sleep every single night. It's like plugging your iPhone in. Would you want to plug it in and wake up with the iPhone being 75%? No. Make it 100%. And that's what the Uller and Chili Pad bring to you. And for you listeners, for you one percenters, I have a huge big time discount code to check this out. The links will be in the show notes on how to do that. If you want to sleep better, if you really want to have great sleep, which we all do, this is the answer. Anthony Gustin, welcome to the 1% Podcast. Start us off with a bang. Maybe something nobody knows about you. Bang, huh? Bang, Um, hit me. My original career that I wanted to do was be a glassblower. Gosh, Dude, that's <laughs> so a, a taking, huge bang. Taking a few left turns since then. Yeah, did you? Pers- say, but it's not out of the cards for me yet. So stay <laughs> tuned. Did you pursue glass blowing? Is the question? No, I don't know. It's it this weird thing where I was. Um, I went to this really bizarre Renaissance fair in the Midwest, and I saw some really creepy old dude doing it. I was like, oh wow, that looks cool. I could like melt things down and make things, and sort of you know take this thing and make it into that thing. And I thought it was fascinating. Uh, but that fascination only lasted, you know, maybe a year or so. Okay. And then I didn't have the equipment to, to blow any glass or melt any glass. So I gave it up. I hung up my dream early. Well, if this, uh, job you're doing right now doesn't work out for you, you know, you always got a fallback plan and I love, Ho- yeah, hopefully 
I love how you said a creepy Midwest town. I'm from a creepy Midwest town, so it's probably the yeah. same place Which you one? saw the Pella, Iowa. Yeah, nice. Of yeah, Windows same, fame. Same club, Minnesota here. Oh, yeah, man. I thought I was yeah, in a brutal close. spot. You're even colder Neighbors. up there. Well, let's dive into it. Anthony, you have gone through a pivot in your life, and we love to talk to people who have overcome adversity, overcome tough times in their own life, and yourself, your journey of being unhealthy, the brain fog, the constant pain. Like, what pushed you over the limit to be like, all right, enough's enough. I'm doing this thing. I'm pivoting in my life, and I'm figuring myself out and optimizing myself. Well, I think I fell into a deep depression after my glass blowing career didn't take off. But <laughs> other than that, yeah, I um, I don't know. It was just it was it was when I was younger. I think that there's a lot of things just being in high school that I was just I wasn't getting girlfriends. I wasn't, uh, you know, I was just embarrassed all the time. I had tons of acne. I felt like crap. Every everyone I went to, every doctor that I went to, told me stuff. I did it. It didn't work. So just sort of frustration with just our general health institutions at that point. Um, it's one to take things, in, especially my own health, into my own hands. And so that was sort of at a very early age. So in high school or so, just turned my body into a science experiment and went fast track and wanted to help other people do the same thing. I was getting really good results. And I think that's sort of a never ending journey that you're on, but did that and went undergrad in through in three years, took classes in high school, then went grad school through in three and a half years, got my doctorate in chiropractic, master's in sports rehab, um, opened up six clinics in San Francisco, and then had another huge pivot working now with what I do with uh, sort of e-com and CPG, so consumer packaged good product companies. So it's been a lot of different changes, I think, over the last yeah. five, six years, but also last 15 years. But that's what we all do. I mean, it's not a door closed. It's just another door open for an opportunity that's ahead for us. And you realize that. And and I consider you one of the smartest minds in all of nutrition. And on the 1% podcast, we're all about optimizing ourselves in every way possible. And I want to take a deep nutrition dive with you for the audience, but also personally for myself. What are some things that you're seeing that the, the world's not telling us in the consumer product, goods, services? What what what's the world lying to us about that we all should be aware of? I mean, just the entire food system is bullshit in general. And like the what what is recommended for food right now is paid for by large food lobbies that are funded by large food corporations. And so, I mean, this is the biggest thing that pisses me off on a day to day basis is having to compete with people who have bottomless pockets that buy off congressmen and um, politicians that make our laws and put them into effect. You know, a good example is our nutrition guidelines for America. I went and spoke at, um, given my expert opinion at a hearing a couple months ago um, regarding just, you know, every five years, a committee that's made by the government is put together to redo our nutrition guidelines. And, they recommend vegetable oils, which are toxic to humans. They don't recommend, you know, nutritious foods. It's just, it's all this stuff is bought and sold by large food corporations. And so to see that happen and see all the lobbyists in action and to see how these things are made and, and how they intentionally exclude science that doesn't pair with the large food industry. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough to go against. So it's, it, you know, obviously I, I've been involved with this my entire life and I sort of understand nutrition and how it is and have very simple frameworks that I can help people with. But in general, people get their information from all over the place and this stuff can be really, really confusing. Yeah. And so even research and how it's funded and how we get nutrition research 
how we get nutrition guidelines, how we get nutrition recommendations, what's taught in medical schools, what's taught in um, nutritionist schools. All of this stuff is essentially paid for by big food. So I'm talking like General Mills, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, sugar industry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's insane. That's wild. So what, like, what can we just, if you have to give the audience like three main points of things to just absolutely avoid and things that maybe they should look at it a different way and put something else into their life, like where are the lies, how can we jump over these lies and get away from these big businesses just selling us a bunch of BS? Yeah, I mean, I think the general framework is that if something is not a real food and our bodies haven't used it for the last 200,000 years, how long humans have been around, it's probably not fit for us now to have this introduction. So the three biggest things in order, how I think about them, are number one, it's vegetable oil. So anything that doesn't come from something that you would understand, like avocado, olive, et cetera, that you can squeeze it and see fat come out. So we're talking about canola, sunflower, rapeseed, uh, peanut, cottonseed, pe- like all these oils. They're not only like, for for example, soybean oil, it takes 4,000 soybeans to get one teaspoon of soybean oil. Not only that, it's like you're not going to eat 4,000 soybeans at a time. And if you do, you're going to get a bunch of different fiber, protein, et cetera. And so we, we squeeze all these things down and then we process them with a bunch of weird chemicals. Then they become unstable. Those things, those fatty acids are not like how you would get out of other normal foods. They incorporate into your cellular membrane for up to two years. So anytime you go and eat any food, this is in every sauce that you eat at a restaurant. This is in everything that's fried. Um, basically, if, if you have a question if something is cooked in vegetable oil or not, when you're eating something out, it, it is. Like if, if, if it doesn't say so in a menu, they don't make a big point of it because it's cheap. It's cooked in vegetable oil. This stuff literally like you, you have one meal, it stays with you for up to two years, which is insane. The second, the second one would be sugar, refined, like refined carbohydrates. And so the reason why I put that second is because, yeah, you're going to have a blood sugar spike, you, get, you know, some transient inflammation from that that can cause a lot of metabolic dysfunction and dysregulation. However, that can just pass through your metabolism. Once the sugar is out, it's out. You know, it takes about a day. Whereas the vegetable, again, you're living with that thing for two years and it's just, it's more pervasive in our food um, supply than sugar is actually. People can see sugar, they spot sugar, they taste sugar. They can't do any of those things with vegetable oils. Um, The third would be cutting out uh, grains. So any sort of refined grains. I think that, you know, if you're in Europe and you're getting different types of grains that we've been cultivating for many years and you're sprouting them and, and producing them in a way, sure, it's totally fine. But I think that for the most part, especially in the U.S., the grains that we get are ultra processed and fake food to begin with. And they're made shelf stable. They're taken apart and we're, we're extracting, you know, bits and pieces of these things. And they can have irritants that mess up people's gut. And for instance, I eat the wheat here in the U S I get acne within three days. Uh, my, my girlfriend gets uh, gut, uh, fiance gets gut issues. Like there's, there's all these things where, you know, it's just, they are one of the most toxic things that people can eat outside of the, the vegetable oil and sugar. But a lot of packaged food and a lot of things you get in restaurants are actually these three things combined. <laughs> so that's unfortunate for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, saying three things are removed is great because I think that a lot of times addition can come by subtraction. And I think that this is how people should think about their food and their food choices in general is that removing things is more powerful than adding things. Yeah. Wow. That is wild. Up to two years, vegetable oils can stay with you. That's yeah. intense. And it's it's interesting. It's a great point. I love that you put that number one. We've had Max Lugavere, 
and Kate Shanahan on this podcast, and that was the number one thing that they said to avoid as well. But yet people don't know it. It's like the silent killer that people just have no idea about. And cutting it out is an yeah, absolute I mean, you, you, you look at um, obesity curves, you look at diabetes curves, some of these chronic illness curves, cancer, et cetera, neurodegenerative disease, all of these things sort of spiked within the last 50, 60 years. And each one of them can be essentially tied to when we started using one vegetable oil and then two really refined sugars, such as high fructose corn syrup. Uh, but more primarily, uh, vegetable oil is linked to it. And th- the shocking surprise here is, and, and it's not if you actually like look into how science is suppressed and how science is done and how science is funded, is that there's essentially zero research done on vegetable oils. There's maybe two dozen that are like sort of un- like a- ambiguous findings that are you know don't lead us to like a very clear outcome of what happens when we have this stuff in our bodies. And so what we're essentially doing is we're all subjecting ourselves to the largest experiment as subjects and not understanding the ramifications of the outcomes. I mean, we did this in the past as well with Crisco, trans fats, et cetera. Um, and like, it would, would you take a prescription drug without knowing the side effects or the problems <laughs> indefinitely. Like this is a, a man-made thing that, you know, I, I don't consider a food that 99% of Americans are eating on a daily basis. And we're not demanding that we research and understand what it does to human physiology. It's pretty insane. Super insane. You know what? It's, it's like COVID. It's like the vaccine. People are going to be willing to take that without having to know anything about the side effects. Right. I mean, I'm telling you, vegetable oil, why don't we shut down the whole world and just get rid of vegetable oil before we start going outside again? That should be the real quarantine. Yeah, I mean, this whole stuff around, like, obviously, I don't want people to die with, with coronavirus and stuff spreading. Like, you need to control a pandemic. There's a lot of unknown unknowns at the beginning. But in general, like, if we can come together and, like, the whole point is to minimize needless suffering and death. How are we not able to look at things like obesity, diabetes, cancer, heart disease, neurodegenerative disease, and have the same sort of banding of the entire world together to focus on these problems? This is where I just like, I don't know. I think that people think that they can prevent these things, but don't understand how how perversive they really are in our, in our society. So talking about the three subtractions for addition, is there, what do you do in your life? What have you found as being the ultimate formula for living the most optimized nutrition lifestyle you can. Yeah. I mean, I think that health, health in general is a bunch of different buckets for me. And I think that nutrition is just one of them. I think that with, within each of these buckets, so nutrition, movement, sort of stress management relationships, et cetera, and sleep. And I think that in sleep is sort of also light exposure, same type of thing. But in each one of those, I think there's just fundamentals that once you're in that and cover those fundamentals, you can sort of play around with whatever your goals are, but those are sort of non-negotiable. So what I mean by that is yeah. nutrition, fundamentals, eat real food, things that grow, things that you can see and kill with your own hands. And that sounds a little intense, but everything like you need to eat things that were once living to continue your life. That's just the circle of life. That's the way things go. And so if that's a plant that's growing, that's fine. You have to eat, like you can't eat rocks. You can't eat dirt. You know what I mean? You, you have to eat something that was once living before. So if it's not something that you can end up identify that you can kill yourself, whether that's a strawberry or, yeah. you know, some wild, wild boar that, that is all around the place here. Um, that's just sort of like, that's it. And, you know, I don't care about high carb, low carb, you know, eat this fat, that fat fast this time. Don't fast that time. You know, all of those things are just nuanced. I think that once you just eat real food, that solves a lot of the problems. 
Um, so I think that that's the biggest thing that I focus on is just like eating the real thing. And then, you know, if you want a supplement, that's fine, but that's what they're called. They're called supplements, which should supplement real food, not replacements. So I'm not a big fan of, you know, meal replacements, things like that. More so supplements to help you, you know, where, you know, our food system, like even growing that food now can be really, really challenging. If you, you know, the plants we grow right now, like our soil isn't as healthy. It doesn't extract the same amount of minerals and vitamins and things like that into the plants. Um, and same thing with our domesticated animal supply. If you're not getting wild animals, then those animals are, you know, they're, they're not accumulating as much of the nutrition as they used to. So I think that supplements are valid and that some people can really, really be helped by them. But ultimately having the foundation of real food is the most important thing. Beautiful. And talking about supplements, you have a very, a great supplement company, not just supplements themselves, but perfect keto. And I didn't even know. I've been using Perfect Keto for a long time and had no idea that was just the chocolate protein. Amazing. So if you're going to supplement with something, what is the best? Is it collagen? Like what are the – so we, we've, we've built the basics. We've built the foundations. Let's add a few little just bonus points of things that can really turn the, turn the table and optimize to the max. Super excited to share with you guys that my first book, Pivot and Go, is on pre-sale now amazon davidnurse.com pivot and go it's about making mindset pivots small slight changes in your perspective little shifts that can change your entire perspective on life it's based on 29 days 28 to make a habit 29 to make a lifestyle there are 29 chapters 29 mindset pivots that will absolutely have you coming out of there with extreme joy for the life you live passion for the mission you're on and confidence in who you are so it would be awesome if you could support the book check it out let me know what you think i'm going to be sending out a free autographed copy in the next month as well it's on amazon pre-sale it's on davidnurse.com pivot and go yeah. So, I mean, it just really, really depends on your goals specifically and sort of yeah. w- what you care about and like your sort of environmental background. Um, I think that a lot of people in general have really messed up metabolisms right now. And so this is why I think that I don't think a ketogenic diet is the best thing for every single human, but I think that you should be able to fast and produce ketones. And if you can't, then there's a problem. And so I think that having exogenous ketones to be able to sort of stimulate those pathways of being able to produce ketones, which is just, you know, when you don't eat carbohydrates, carbohydrates break down to glucose, you're removing glucose from your bloodstream, your body needs to make energy somewhere else. So it breaks down your fat. So so it makes ketones. And so that sort of flexibility where without food, you can go from glucose to using ketones and back and forth. You know, I don't think, again, that people need to do this all the time. I don't think it's something that people need to do even you know, a full week, but I think it's something that you should have the ability to, if you don't fast for a day, you shouldn't be starving, hungry, crashing, and you should be able to produce ketones. So that's why I think like things like MCT oil, ketones, et cetera, don't need to be used every single day. But I think to at least get you to a point where your metabolism is working on that stuff is a, is a huge one. I mean, I think that you said also like collagen is another one where, you know, we're eating a lot of animal products, that's, which is, you know, good. I think they're, they're very nutritious, but we're not getting the whole animal. And so I think that collagen to help balance up the amino acid profile and then organ meat supplements, if you're not going to eat organ meats are really key as well. Beautiful, man. I'm doing all those. So I'm right on point living in that. What's that? 
Checking the boxes. Checking the boxes. I like I like how you say the fat burning zone, the Mark Sisson fat burning zone. Somehow you can be 70 years old and still have a 12 pack. But yeah, yes, metabolism. Love the point of metabolism too that you touched on. And and how how can we as as just overall general health, how do we manipulate our metabolism? I mean, is it is it something that's based on just our genetics or is there ways to manipulate metabolism? Apart from the, like we're talking about the fasting, the ketones, is there other ways we can, we can be in control of our food and not our food in control of us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that genetics play a little part of it, but I think that the biggest part is the environment you've lived in your entire life. And so, for example, if I'm walking outside and I walk off of a curb and I trip and sprain my ankle, yeah, I can heal maybe, you know, fairly quickly and I can get back to action in six to eight weeks you know, you know, this working with the NBA players and stuff, but if I go out and get ran over by a bus or sprain the ankle every single week for 15 years, it's going to be really challenging to then walk normally again. And the same thing with metabolism and, and how your body works on the inside. If you have all this damage and trauma from eating really awful foods, Americans in general, eating a lot of processed carbohydrates, sugar, et cetera, vegetable oils, yes, but sugar primarily messes up your metabolism these things and energy surplus in general and it's been 15 years 20 years etc there's not much you can do besides just really really cleaning things up and getting removing all the carbohydrates for a certain period of time and think measuring your metabolism and how it works how you feel some subjective measures labs things like that are great um, but it just really depends on your environment and you know, i know some people that have you know when keto blew up the last few years there's a lot of talk about you know everyone needs to do this xyz you know, sort of macro protocol, like that it's very special to whoever else is recommending it. But, you know, people who eat real foods have, have not abused their bodies with carbohydrates over the last, you know, 20 years can get away with eating carbohydrates in a really large amount. And it just really depends on your health history and how much you've sort of gone away from a natural state of a human being and how much you've gone away from a normal environment that humans live in, which, you know, is getting sleep, having meaningful life, having good relationships, moving all the time, et cetera. You know, if you just tweak some, some nutrition, but don't do any of those other things as well. And you know, it's, you're never going to fix your metabolism. That's great. Love how you talk about the health history, the environment, and it's never too late to change. Your ne- your next decision is the best decision you can make, and it's just implementing the 1% steps of the the mindset of that you can be in control of it. And and you talk on keto, how it was such a big craze, and everybody thought you had to do that, and even had some NBA players that I was testing it with, and it just like couldn't do it because you can't – they couldn't right. produce enough recovery or energy – that they needed from the carbohydrates. And then there's, there's really smart people that we both know that are just all gung ho on carnivore. It's gotta be carnivore. And then there's some smart people we know that are all gung ho on vegan. Like where do you stand on this? I know the whole foods is what you always want to come back to, but is there, is it just basically what works for somebody? Cause we both know Paul Saladino and he looks great and feels great, great energy. And he's only eating ribeye steaks and, and beef and raw beef liver. And then there's vegans that are healthy and like, what, yeah. yeah. What do you well, I mean, I think that there's this, this, you know, large spectrum again with eating that real food as a foundation. I think that what happens a lot of times with, with vegans is that they, you know, say eat vegan, but then they eat all this processed food. <laughs> um, and that is not healthy either. But, you know, you get some, some, someone like Rich Roll, who's, you know, a good example of somebody who's vegan and eats really, really well, high quality stuff. 
again, if you're eating real food, I don't like, yeah, I'm not one to judge a nutrition, but when you look at all historical populations, there hasn't been any human population that has eaten only plants or only animal products. There's always been some sort of blend of it and it's been dictated by the environment. And, you know, if, if either one of those things work really, really well for you and you sort of test what works for you and don't do it based upon an ideology of somebody else, then that that's great. But do it for you, figure out your own goals, your own why, and start making decisions based upon that and taking steps forward based upon that. And not because Paul looks jacked or... <laughs> So it's all about figuring out what works for you. Like it's not just about the fuel you put in your car, but it's what kind of car that you are. And you're talking about like seeing people that are on the carnivore diet and they're jacked or a different kind of diet and they look so great, but you got to figure out what works best for you and, and, and test it and be like a human test tube. Like you said you were. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much judgment now with people and how they view their health, their finances, their friends, their life, et cetera without looking down and seeing where their own feet stand and saying, what step can I take here? You know, and I think that people, they compare themselves to everybody else in a day of social media, in a day where you can do that so easily without just asking the question of where am I and where do I want to go? Why do I want to do that? Is that the path that I truly want to work, work towards? Or is that what society is determining what's, what's best for me? So you look down and you say, okay, where's this path? How do I get there? You know, chart the course. If I get in my car and I just have it auto populate to some random thing that, you know, somewhere you're going, you know, I'm going to be driving from Austin to LA and that's going to be a really long, awful <laughs> drive. But if I go in and go, oh, okay, I want to go to this place right here, then I have the directions and I can actually, you know, pull out of my driveway and drive there. And so, you know, I think that people just don't look at where they're at and where they want to go. And then they think they look to or, towards other people and say, oh, that's where I should be. How do I do that? How do I get where they're at? Yeah. Having a plan. Like we schedule everything else in our lives, but we never schedule out what we're going to eat, why we're eating it, and understand the concepts that go into it. As being one of the top nutritionists in the world, in my opinion, we always love to find out what the top, the best of the best are learning on. So how are you continuing daily to grow, to learn, to evolve? Yeah, I think my my main principle on learning is learn by doing. Yeah, and not learn by reading. And so, yeah, I, I do read a lot. Um, I try to read a book a week and just keep that habit up. There's a lot to learn there, but in general, you know, you, you can you can learn something, but to truly know something, you have to do it. And that's that's sort of how I approach life in general. So, if, for example, just recently, I bought it's actually my desk right next to me here. This this light meter, mm. um, and there's all this talk about circadian rhythm, wavelength of light, blue light versus red light, keeping you up at night or whatever. You, know, you want to limit that stuff. And I was thinking, you know, it seems rather bright outside and I feel way better in the days that I'm actually outside, even in the shade that I'm in inside. So I was thinking about, okay, how is light work and how is my setup working at my desk? And brightness is measured in Lux, L-U-X. And so I got this Lux meter and I went outside and in the sun, it was 70,000 lux. I can just like, not like pointing at the sun, but just like where it's like walking around in the sunshine, you know, like 10 a.m. or something. I tested this the other day. I went in the shade and it was like 15,000 lux. It was like, yeah, I have this hammock set up in my backyard. It was like in the shade. It was like, just seems like as bright as, as it is inside. Typically I go inside, like in my living room area where it seems like pretty well that we have really, really big windows. It was 130 lux. 
So going from the sun outside to 70,000 to 130. And then from in the shade outside, 15,000 to 130. And then up by my desk, you have this big window by me, but it's still, you know, it's like 500, 500 lux. So like, these are some of the things we're like, okay, now I think about that. And I think, okay, how, how can I modify things and either like, get a desk outside i have a garage it's covered and like but open on the sides like do i put a desk in my garage and am i like exposed to that brightness like there has to be something like again like my framework of health is whenever an organism gets far away from its environment it doesn't even matter the mechanism like something's gonna go wrong and so if we're not exposed to that brightness like i don't need to have a research study telling me every single mechanism that that creates some sort of bad thing in my body i'm just gonna know like that that is so far away from normal that's so far away that it can't be good. Like I can't name one thing where we've gone away from our normal environment of living in the woods <laughs> to now that has been additive health. And so that's something where like, I'm, I'm just sort of a believer of this philosophy. And so I'm just like always thinking about this, trying new things. And, you know, I'm also eating way more carbs recently, tracking all my food, looking at all these metrics. And so, yeah, I'm always just learning the most by getting my hands dirty and thinking through stuff and experimenting and trying different stuff out. That's beautiful, man. Not just knowing, but doing. And so what you're saying is me living in LA is probably the worst thing possible. Like I should move back to the cornfields of Pella, Iowa or St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, I don't know. You don't, you don't have to go that far. Hawaii. We can have our outdoor office in Hawaii. Yeah. That sounds better. There you go. All right, Anthony, we're going to throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. So whatever comes to your mind, right. it can be quick answers. You just spit it out. What is a favorite mindset quote that you live by? Maybe something you have on your fridge or your bathroom mirror, something that you really resonate with. Yeah, I'm not a big quote reciter, but I would say the first thing that comes to mind is pain plus reflection equals progress by Ray Dalio. Um, and I think that, you know, not, not a lot of people reflect on things. And it's sort of what I was talking about earlier is you don't know where you want to go or how you've gotten to where you're at now, or do you ex- how do you expect to know where you're going to be going next? And I think that if you have a painful thing in your life, whether it be a failure or anything else like that, there's always something to learn from it. And so pain plus reflection equals progress is sort of a, a mentality in how I sort of live my life and try to look at things always from what, what can I learn from this experience instead of complaining about it or stewing in it or just you know moving on without even thinking about it. It's beautiful, man. That's a that's a great quote. What are you talking about? You're not a quote reciter. I was, you knew who wrote, who said it. Everything, the in depth, great. What is the definition of leaving a legacy to you? Not necessarily the world's definition or something plastered on a billboard, but what does legacy mean to you? Legacy to me is being able to have people learn from what I'm doing, experimenting on after I'm dead. Love it which is why I sort of left my clinic to start these companies. Beautiful. Just, just stay around for a long time though. Don't, don't go too soon. I want you to start more stuff. You will. Okay. Interesting one here. If you had one meal that you could eat for the rest of your life and it has to have like a positive effect on your body, it can be different foods together, but one meal that you think is like, this is my meal I'm going with. Maybe you're doing it right now in quarantine time. You're just eating one meal to optimize yourself. What would it be? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to have to, um, have a, a little grill out session with my man, Paul and do ribeyes. <laughs> um, sure. Add some vegetables in the side. That's totally fine. It's yeah. fresh from a farm around here, but in general, it's just a big fat cut of, of meat. Beautiful. What, and, and a follow-up question to that. What is your favorite indulgence food? Do you have anything that you're just, you can't resist magic spoon no. cereal, maybe 
No, <laughs> Not, I mean, I think that the, the one thing that I probably eat that I shouldn't, which is like ridiculous compared to how most people eat it, is just he, a huge hazelnut dark chocolate bar. Yeah, that's that's horrible, man. That's horrible. That's my, no, it's yeah. really good. But that's that's a good point. You can make healthy food taste really good. That's what I preach to people. Like, it, it doesn't. You don't just have to eat junk food. Healthy food can taste really good. Yeah, I mean, every meal I have is sort of an indulgence. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you, Anthony. How can we all follow everything that you're doing and listening to your podcast, The Natural State? It's an amazing podcast. How else can we follow you? Yeah, so the podcast you just mentioned, Natural State. Um, I have. Uh, newsletter called The Feed. So you just go to dranthonygustin.com slash The Feed. It's where I put a lot of stuff like what I'm testing, the light meter, things like that. And then Instagram, I answer, try to answer all direct messages I get. So if you have any questions, just reach out to me there, dranthonygustin. Oh man, I'm going to DM you like crazy daily. What, and the final question that we ask everybody on the 1% podcast, what does being a one percenter mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I alluded to it earlier, but it's looking to where you stand and taking one step forward every day from where you are, not from where someone else is. So looking where you're at, thinking where you want to go, just taking the next step. Anthony Gustin, you are a legend. You are a one percenter. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast and blowing us away with your knowledge of deep nutrition. Really appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of the 1% Podcast. Thank you so much for giving your time to me and listening to the 1% Podcast. Without you, none of this would be possible. The feedback, the reviews, the ratings you give this podcast help to grow the audience and the reach for us to be able to bring on new guests each week and provide that 1% daily steps we can all implement from top NBA players, from high performers, and just from amazing people doing amazing things to better this world. And it's all because of you. And if you could, I will shout you out, personally thank you, leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Five stars if you love it, one star, of course, if you hate it, and leave a comment of what you liked about it or questions, suggestions that you might have. Post on social media and tag me at David Nurse NBA, and I will repost the reviews the podcast gets. I'll shout you out personally for sure. Thank you so much for being the best community, the best family, the best 1% squad. So blessed for all of you out there. Now go out there today and speak a word of encouragement into someone. You can and you will make a difference. Thank you.